Yo, what up, dogs, cats, and rink rats? Welcome to Spiffy Mender Radio. My name is Nick. Let's talk some puck. First and foremost, farewell, you fucking savage, Derek England. Retired from the NHL. What a what a cool-ass fucking career, to be honest. Now, as a Pens fan, I am familiar with both his story and his play style. Um, I remember... It's just, it's the grit and the determination. This dude didn't make the NHL till like his late 20s and actually experienced a bit of a resurgence um, in his late 30s or well, mid to late 30s as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. That, just his stick just the story of the length of time it took for him to make it, what he had to do to stick around, and what he did while he was here, like ever improving, ever involve, evolving, um, by all accounts, is a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he's a hell of a community guy. So good on this dude. What an inspiration. For anybody out there who's thinking that they've plateaued, that there's nothing more to give, there's nothing more to do. This dude is proof positive that all the effort, all the determination, the self-belief, the the drive, everything that you can put towards a goal, you could reach that goal. This dude's career is an inspiration to me, and I hope it serves as an inspiration to you. If you got to go out there and punch faces till you have the opportunity to show that you're a competent hockey player, then go punch the fucking faces. That's all I got to say. But, you know, in a proper environment, maybe in like a sanctioned bout, or if your state actually sanctions mutually assured combat, don't just go start sucker punching people and expecting like a raise or a promotion at your job. That'd be fucking bananas. Moving on. Apparently the Tampa Bay Lightning are gaming the system. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. What I had to say about this, honestly, as a not Tampa Bay Lightning fan, uh, two quotes come to mind. Two very succinct and I think very important quotes. One, it ain't a crime if you don't get caught. Two, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's honestly how I feel about it. If they can do what they're doing and get away with it and actually affect change or affect an outcome to their benefit, then I'm all for it. I have nothing against it. If they can do it, your favorite team can do it too. So we'll see what happens. They can operate within the system, manipulate the rules to their benefit. It is what it is. It's there for everybody. It's not like the Tampa Bay rule or that the Tampa Bay Lightning were granted permission to do this when other teams were not. It's all there for your individual team's general managers to manipulate and utilize and use to however, whatever ends they see fit. So if Kucherov goes on LT, like long-term manager reserve that enables them to sign some key RFAs, so be it. So be it. They're going to be without Kucherov for however long. And I believe the narrative is he's coming back for the playoffs because there's no cap in the playoffs. Well, as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning are, they still have to make the playoffs without one of the best players on the planet. 
And then they also have to go through the playoffs with, if you believe in game shape or rust or not, someone who may or may not be in game shape or may or not may not be rusty. So if they are actually doing this to game the system, it's an enormous gamble on their behalf. And I'm interested to see how it plays out. So I'm not going to bitch about it. Uh, I just, I like that organizations, um, I like that these people are like thinking and getting together and trying to figure out ways to operate within the system to their own benefit and to, to improve their chances while outthinking their opposition. I like that the game of hockey at this point in time, as far as like from like a management and infrastructural standpoint is concerned, is not just about what's played on the ice, not just about the contest. I like all the nuance. I like all the behind the scenes shit. So this is super interesting. Like I said, we'll see how it plays out. On to the meat of the matter as mm, Jaws just popped out the water and got me again. So the NHL is considering, and at this point in time, it's expected to pass vote um, with the Board of Governors, placing ads on player helmets for the 2020-2021 season, or more accurately, the strictly just 2021 season. How do you feel about it? I'm sure, I mean, there is a bit of derision amongst fandom when it comes to the placement of ads on helmets. Because, and it is honestly this, there has been a cascading effect since the introduction of mass marketing in professional sports. So with hockey, you have maybe say, um, like in the, the arena itself, like the balcony seating, you have like banner ads. And then once jumbotrons were introduced, you had a jumbotron banner ad around the bottom. The boards, of course, are chock full of ads. Ads have invaded the ice surface, the playing surface itself. Everywhere you look, you see ads. There are commercials. There are ads in the commercials. What is a bridge too far in this fucking situation? What's too much? Are helmet ads too much? So, as it stands now, it's only going to be for this season so that NHL teams, which are corporate entities, they are businesses, they are in existence to primarily make money. Sorry to say. But it is what it is. Truth is truth. At least in my opinion. Or my opinion is my opinion. And it's not truth. I'm talking in circles now. Anyhow, so just for this season and only one advertisement per team. So on the surface, that doesn't sound like too much. And each individual team is given the opportunity to negotiate their own deal. So it stands the reason that a team like, say, Toronto or the Montreal Canadiens other larger market teams um, will benefit more than some of the smaller market teams. They'll be able to get more dollars for their ad placement. They may be able to get a bigger advertiser to place ads on our helmets. And that's cool. I like that there's a bit of a free market aspect to this, especially in um, a league with a cap where parity is paramount, at least in my opinion. I enjoy parity. I'm a fan of it. I don't think teams should be able to spend willy-nilly. I don't 
think that's fair. Each city's different. You can't create a homogenized 30-team league where each corporation is exactly the same, doing exactly the same thing. You can only do that by controlling the roster. So this doesn't control anything that has anything to do with the roster or the cap. So it's just more money in owners' pockets, which is good because they pay for the existence of these teams. I like watching these teams play. I'm all for it, to be honest. And yes, I've heard some belly aching. I have read some belly aching about what's next. As this is part of a cascade effect, are we looking forward into the future where ads infiltrate the most sacred of all things NHL hockey or hockey in general, the sweater. Are we looking forward into the future to seeing the NHL turn into European football in terms of ad placement on jerseys? My opinion on this bridge too far argument is that it isn't a bridge too far, at least not yet. In theory, I believe this can work. And I believe it can be palatable for fans of the league. The reason why I believe this is so is because there is a massive difference from a product standpoint between the jerseys that the NHL players will be wearing in-game and the jerseys that will be available for sale at your local arena, local team website, or on NHL.com. If the NHL decides that it makes the product more commercially viable to place ads not only on the helmets, but on jerseys as well, I'm all for it because I'm all for the continued existence of this league. It's not a sellout move, in my opinion. This is about maximizing profit, like profitability, maximum, maximizing opportunity to make more money injected into the game make the product healthier and expand the scope, the reach and the innovation of the product to garner more interest, grab more eyes. The more money that each these teams make, the more stability it creates within a business setting. Cause whether or not you view it as what you view it, you're a fan of a sports franchise and you take pride in that. And that's great. They're there for that. I would never knock that. I I fucking love the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm a massive Pittsburgh Penguin fan. But at the same time, they don't exist to function as a de facto militia unit for me to root for in the way that somebody would root for their own country going to war. It's not a simulated war game to me. It's entertainment just like Battlestar Galactica is entertainment to me. It's just I can't jump into a Viper and fight Cylons. I can go to the local rink and play. So the, yes, it is different. But at the same time, it is entertainment. And I want to be able to consume my favored entertainment. So if I see a handful of ads on NHL jerseys during gameplay, it's not going to distract me from watching the beautiful game. It's not going to distract me from seeing plays develop. It's not going to irritate me when they do close-ups of Sidney Crosby squirting water in his mouth. And I got to see like an ad for like fucking Tide or 
you know, whatever, blue chew, um, blue chew, yeah, buddy, et cetera, et cetera. As long as when I go online to buy a new Penguins jersey, I get a clean, regular, run-of-the-mill Penguins jersey. Logo, if there's a anniversary patch on there for like celebrating um, first cup victory or years of existence, if it's like a silver or golden anniversary, et cetera, et cetera, that's great. That's cool. But you're never going to see me purchase a hockey jersey with ads on it unless it's something that would be quote unquote grandfathered into the system. Like I would totally buy a Joker it. If I mispronounced it, I'm sorry, but Finnish league Jersey with ads all over it, because that's what I know of that league of that sweater. In some it's cool as hell. I just don't think it would be cool as hell coming into the way, um, NHL jerseys are marketed, sold, um, patterned out. Even the shitty ones, they are still an NHL jersey. There's a lot of cross-cultural um, cross-pollination when it comes to NHL apparel, specifically the jersey. You know, like Snoop Dogg rocking the diagonal Pittsburgh jersey in the Gin and Juice video? Shit was fucking epic. Woo, the Gansit going and flowing. It's... That aesthetic, I think the hockey jersey aesthetic is the strongest of all the quote-unquote major sports in North America, even though hockey is one of the weaker major sports from a North American standpoint, or at least a U.S. standpoint. But nothing looks as good jersey-wise or sweater-wise as an NHL set of laundry. Nothing, in my opinion. So... Here we are with the helmets. That's cool. It's not going to be distracting, in my opinion. Make some money so I can keep enjoying this shit. Ideally, would I like like to see the league be healthy enough to not make this leap? Yes, of course. But we don't live in an ideal world. Things change. Things evolve. Shit happens. Life happens. We're living in the middle of a pandemic, and that might be an extreme, like, from a comparison standpoint. But at the same time, as beautiful as I think the game is, not everybody on the planet thinks it is. It's still somewhat of a quasi-niche sport, and whatever it takes to keep this shit on my fucking TV, or if they actually do what I want them to do, pie-in-the-sky-wise, move to their own streaming service, Whatever gives them the ability to make as much money as possible while presenting this product to as many eyes as possible, I'm about it. Just set a line, make a delineation between the product you present from a money-generating standpoint, advertising-wise, visually, to the product that you present as an ancillary money-making or ancillary money-making scheme or project as you know apparel sales although you've heard me go on riffs about how shitty and basic nhl apparel and um, household items etc are so still on the boat that maybe they can put some of this money into developing better product 
I would like to see that person. So give them the opportunity. Beyond that, I'm going to keep this short because I got shit to do. This doesn't pay bills. It probably never will. But I remain optimistic. This is my Derek Anglin experience. This is my journey through my late blooming into being someone who wants to explore himself and explore something that he loves and exploring a platform from which he can broadcast his love and his admiration for this game and his his enjoyment of all the in and outs and intricacies of this game. I am working hard. I am punching faces in here. I am doing what I can. And hopefully, if given the opportunity, I can blossom too. And hopefully, whatever walk of life you're in, wherever you're at, however you're dealing with the pandemic and this situation you're in, you can find some inspiration in the Derek Anglin story. You can see that through hard work, through determination, through perseverance, you can make it and you can do it. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can buy a microphone, get an audio recording suite, and you can do what the fuck I'm doing. Probably better than me. I fucking suck. I admit it. But maybe someday, and hopefully someday, I don't fucking suck anymore. And I'm going to keep plugging. I'm going to keep fucking grinding. I'm skating end to end. 200 feet. Defense. Offense. Stick in your fucking armpit. I'm coming after it. And if you're out there, you want something, go after it too. So until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of one another. Shake hands after the game. Fucking peace.